and it's almost like you can't not you can't stop before the you can't stop for before the countdown because you feel dirty (laughs) you're listening to the snob os podcast the podcast for apple snobs Yo, this is Terrence Gaines, a.k.a. Brother Tech. And this is Nika Monford, a.k.a. Tech Savvy Diva. And you are listening to and are watching the Snob OS show, the show where we talk all things Apple and then some. Welcome to episode 92 of the Snob OS show. I want to thank you all for joining. Uh, This is Terrence Gaines, a.k.a. Brother Tech, along with Nika Monford. And uh, this is our weekly show where we talk all things Apple this particular week. We're going to talk all things Apple event and maybe if we have some time, put some other stuff in there with the show. So we got a lot of stuff to talk about this week as far as Apple uh, news because of this week's event. Uh, before I get to that, I definitely want to say thank you to all of our Patreons for their support. For a little as $5 a month, you get access to our pre-show to where we talk about things you won't find on the regular show. You'll get access to our live show so you can watch us as we tape the show. You'll get access to our Discord chat to where you can join in the conversation in between the shows. Give us ideas for what you want to talk about on the show. Give us ideas for show titles, so on and so forth. So definitely show us some love without your support. We couldn't make all this video, couldn't all make this crisp video possible. (laughs) So we definitely want to thank all of the uh, Patreons for your continued support. Other than that, you know, let's get right into the show. Like I said, uh, this first uh, segment is the Apple event lowdown. I've kind of renamed it to the Apple event lowdown to where we talk all things Apple event. Uh, so if you have been sleeping under a rock, you have do not know that Apple has um, actually did their announcement for their Apple event for September. Normally, this is around the time when they would announce an iPhone, but due to the coronavirus, they've kind of pushed that back to a future event where we're thinking it's going to be early to mid October. So instead of doing the iPhone event, they've given us, given us a lot of stuff to talk about. Uh, they announced a uh, new Apple watches, you know, two versions, a high end version, and then kind of a, a mid tier version. They gave given us an iPad air, which is better if not equal to the current iPad pro. They've given us some subscription services, uh, to where they're going to give get our get even more money, and they've mm-hmm. kind of bundled some stuff together. So we're going to get into all that. Uh, let's start with the Apple Watch. So the first thing, probably the most popular thing that they announced is the Apple Watch. This is Generation Six. Uh, one of the cool things that they added to the Apple Watch Series Six, and I'll go ahead and put that on the screen so you can kind of take a look at it. We're on the Apple Web's website. Probably one of the first things you'll notice for the Apple Watch Series 6 is the blood oxygen sensor. Uh, This detects how much oxygen is in your blood, which could detect COVID-19. Of course, this is not FDA approved. They don't have all of the, you know, patent pending, you know, FDA approvals. But the cool thing about the um, EKG, the cool thing about the blood oxygen level detector is it can detect some of these real world issues that we're coming up with specifically COVID-19. You know, of course they can't make that substantiated claim, but some of the rumors have said, you know, uh, detecting the 
levels of blood, the levels of blood uh, oxygen in your blood could give you indication to a many host of health issues, primarily the flu, primarily, you know, coronavirus. So I think that's something that's super timely that came out of the Apple Watch Series 6. And I'm just going to run through uh, some of the other features. It has a uh, the Apple Watch Series 6 has a U1 uh, chip that is spatial awareness. It can detect other devices nearby. So my watch can kind of sense my phone, can kind of sense my iPad, my MacBook, some of these other uh, devices, which is good for the rumored AirTags, which is Apple's tile competitor to where you can put these small devices in your bag, uh, um, put them, attach them to your devices. And then through device to device connectivity can kind of see where your devices are to where throughout the world. Right. So this UI chip that's in the Apple Watch uh, adds to that rumor that they'll be launching some sort of AirTag compatibility. Um, one of the things that's different between the Apple Watch, if you go back on the screen, is there's a product red color for the Apple Watch. They also have a let me see if I can scroll down. They've got a blue color. Um, they've got, in addition to the ceramic gold, um, the silver and the space gray or the black versions, um, new watch faces. They've got a chronographic watch face. They've got an emoji watch faces. They've got a tachometer that can uh, detect your speed and your direction. Uh, one of the other features is family setup to where if you have kids and they don't have an iPhone, but you want to give them an Apple watch. You can pair their watch to your phone and it gives you some features like being able to do location tracking, give the kids the ability to message. So you can actually on your watch message with your kids, you know, doing via iMessage or FaceTime audio. If you want to do an audio phone call, um, one of the cool things about the Apple Watch that they kind of launched alongside it was the solo loop. And I'll see if I can scroll down and find it here. Give me a second. Uh, let me, where are you? I know they had that in Apple Watch. Let me see where that is. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Keep going. There we go. So it's got the product red case and then the blue case. They've got the space gray, the gold, and the silver. And then they've got this solo loop, which is basically one piece of rubber or braided yarn that doesn't have a clasp. It doesn't have a hook. It doesn't have a, a connection. It's all just one. Let me read, roll down here. It's just one piece of fabric and it comes in different sizes and it's stretchable and breathable to where you can just fit it around on your wrist without any sort of clasp, without any sort of connections or hooks. So those are kind of like the basics for the Apple Watch Series 6. Um, starts at uh, $399. Pre-orders are now. Uh, with availability on Friday uh, the 19th, which if you're watching, listen to the podcast or you're watching it today as it came out, uh, you may be too late <laughs> <laughs> because it is already out. Uh, like I said, pre-order started on Tuesday, Tuesday when Apple did the initial event. So I guess I wanted to ask you, Nika, what was your um, what's your feedback or your overview of the Apple Watch Series 6? And more importantly, have you ordered one yet? Or are you still waiting around? I'm still waiting around. Oh I, I'm not completely sold yet. I'm still waffling, thinking about it because I'm like, I'm not sure. Do I need it? I don't know. So, so I still haven't pulled the trigger yet. So I maybe, you know, beat myself up, you know, in a couple of weeks 
when I decide, oh man, I should have went ahead and got it and the ship time is like super far out. So um, I do think it's a good device, particularly if you are due for an upgrade. If you have like a series, is if, if you're on like a series three version, okay. then it's definitely, um, I would say an upgrade. I currently have a series four. So I'm kind of like one, um, one version off mm-hmm. of, of the new one. So that's why I'm not too pressed right now. Okay. And then I was looking on the site. I was shopping yesterday, you know, trying to decide. And, you know, I like colors. I like things to match. So I was kind of waffling on the color. I couldn't really decide. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of an indication to me that I'm not super serious right. about it. Right. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, that's fair. Yeah. So I was like, oh, we'll see how I feel in a couple of weeks. Or, you know, I may just be... You know, one of those people to order everything at one time. So when the when the phone comes out, I'll just, you know, buy everything at one time. Gotcha. Right okay. now, I'm just All kind right. of, oh, kind of last a day of school. But you, on the other hand. Yes. Um, I am on a Series 4 as well. Uh, I told myself I'm going to start doing every other device. So I'll skip a year. So the Series 5, I skipped that year. So I pretty much knew, sight unseen, I was going to pre-order the Apple Watch Series 6. Uh, there wasn't too much that made me say, Ooh, I have to have it. But again, like I said, I put myself on this every other uh, cycle. So, you know, it's time for me. It's time for me to upgrade from the uh, series four. Like I said, none of this stuff, you know, completely blew me off. You know, I mean, blew me away rather. Um, I didn't get the solo loop because when I went through the order process, uh, they have a sizing chart. And they even give you the ability to print out and cut out the sizing chart. So you can kind of put the piece of paper around your arm to see which size solo loop you get, because it's not a there's there's no class to it, but it's not one size fits all. I think there's like a small, medium and large. Uh, I forget the actual sizes, but there are multiple sizes of the solo loop. So I just skipped that and just got the sport loop, which is kind of what I have now with the the nylon with the Velcro, they've got that now for Series 6 in different colors. So I just went ahead and went with that. I did upgrade to the, the stainless steel over the uh, aluminum version, which is a little bit more expensive. reason why I did that, again, because I am on a every other device cycle. And this is the current stainless steel black version and very little scratches, if not any. And I don't have any sort of bulky case to go over top of it. I don't have one of those little mini screen protectors. Mm -hmm. So the stainless steel has done me right by uh, holding up against scratches. So I went ahead and upgraded and got the, I think it's called it ceramic, not ceramic. They call it uh, something black. Uh, I think it's space black, space gray, something like that. But I got the stainless steel version of the Apple Watch series six. Uh, I do I like. I thought you said you got the ceramic. Did you do the ceramic or the stainless? Steel? It's stainless steel. I think the they call steel. it. I think they call it. I have to look at it because there is a ceramic version, which is mad expensive. They've got steel and they've got aluminum. So I've got the stainless steel version. I'll have to go back and see what the actual metals are. But I think they're aluminum, stainless steel, and ceramic. But I think yeah. the name, the name oh, of the of stainless. The color. Yeah, I think it had something with a C in it. But anyway, anyway, I got the middle version of the Apple watch series six. And other than that, like I said, the, um, spatial awareness chip, I'll be interested to see how that works. Uh, I'll be interested to see if my blood oxygen levels are anything outside of the norm. But again, like I said, none of that stuff really blew me away. I just knew this was my turn. 
So I just went ahead and did it. <laughs> it's called graphite. Graphite. I kept saying ceramic. Jeez, Louise. Graphite. <laughs> so that's what I got. But yeah, but I think with the whole, you know, O2 reading, it's similar to, you know, I think when they were doing the EKG, it right. doesn't actually diagnose anything. Right. But it does give you an indication that, hey, something may be something up. may be off. So you right. may want to go and, you know, get that checked out. So. Right. All right. All right. So in addition to the Apple Watch Series 6, they did come out with a uh, low end or not low end, a mid range version called the Apple Watch SE. And I'll put that on the screen um, again. It has most of the features of the Apple Watch Series 6, but is a cheaper alternative. Starts at two seventy nine versus three ninety nine uh, only comes in silver, gold, and space gray aluminum. So it doesn't have the higher end stainless steel or the higher end ceramic. You just get the aluminum style. Uh, It does not have the always on display, um, which differentiates it from the Apple Watch Series 6. It does not have the blood oxygen uh, sensor like the Apple Watch Series 6. Um, Does have, no, doesn't have that spatial awareness UI uh, chip uh, but it does have all the other features, has the nice display, has all the different sport bands. As you can see, it, it uses you still it's still compatible with the solo loop, either the uh, rubber or the yarn, the, the braided yarn version um, has all the cool features. It does use the uh, family setup to where, you know, if you wanted to get this mid range Apple Watch for a kid that doesn't have an iPhone, you can still use the um, the family setup. Um, let's other than that, it's just a pretty good device. Like I said, it does differentiate from the Apple watch series six. It doesn't have those super high end features, but it does have all of the features that you would come to expect in a middle tier, uh, smartwatch. And like I said, it mm-hmm. starts at two seventy nine versus three ninety nine. So it's like almost, you know, $130 yeah. of a difference. So that may be an, um, something advantageous for people who really don't need that high end but still want something nice. So I guess, yeah. would you consider getting the Apple Watch SE over the no. Apple Watch Series? <laughs> no. <huh? laughs> no, not for me. But I did have someone hit me up on, I think, Instagram. And they were like, man, I wish I had waited because I had just bought um, a Series 5. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I mean, it look, it is definitely a market. And I think it, it's, you know, I think it's smart for Apple, especially you know, when they know that people may not have a whole lot of disposable income, right? but still want to, you know, get something nice. You have holiday time coming up, um, you know, people going back to school. And so I think it's, it's a nice compromise for people who want to be in the, you know, smartwatch game and want a, a quality device from Apple. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I definitely think it's uh, a, a, a really nice device to, to get, especially for for kids, because I mean, you wouldn't, I wouldn't want to buy a kid um, a Series Six because I mean, kids be kidding, right? So, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> so if you, if you did want to get them something, or even you know, now that the Series Three price has dropped to, to you know to just under two hundred dollars, mm-hmm. you know that would be you know an option as well. So right. Speaking of which, like you mentioned, the Apple Series. Apple Watch Series 3 is still hanging around for $199. Does not have the family setup. uh, Does not have the blood O2 sensor. Does not have any of the high-end chips. 
you know, uh, but for two ninety nine to get somebody in the game of an Apple Watch is still I one ninety nine. Uh, well, I said, what I say? I said for one ninety nine. Jesus Louise, yeah, <laughs> for one ninety nine, <laughs> that's not bad for a brand new Apple smartwatch, um, right? To get you in the game, so that's still around. So you're looking at the Apple Watch Series three at one ninety nine. You're looking at the Apple Watch SE for two seventy nine, and then you're looking at the Apple Watch Series six starting at three ninety nine, and then that one climbing based on colors, based on the um, type of metal that you want to get. All of them have the uh, GPS plus cellular uh, for the family setup. I just wanted to make a mention. You do have to have the cellular version. So you have to work through your carrier to get that set up in order to use that family setup to give it to a kid without an iPhone. They have to have some sort of cellular connectivity so you can track their location if that's something you're concerned about. Or if you want to communicate with them via the uh, Siri, you know, voice, or you can actually do the, which I started to use more, actually mm-hmm. writing on the screen of my Apple Watch. I do that mm-hmm. when I want to do a quick yes or no or OK mm-hmm. or uh, call you back later. And I don't want to thumb through the pre, uh, pre-can subscri- uh, uh, response list. I can just scribble OK. So scribble is actually, because I use scribble quite mm-hmm. a bit. Um, especially when I can't, you know, if I'm not in a place where I could, you know, verbally say the message. Mm-hmm. So I found Scribble to be fairly, you know, accurate in when I'm writing. So, yep, yep, absolutely. So again, I can never get the walkie-talkie to work. So I guess the <laughs> the <laughs> the Scribble uh, is the the reasonable facsimile, you know, especially because it works. And I, st- I still can't get that walk. Maybe if get everybody in the house a Series Six, then I can. Do the walkie-talkie, but that's not going to happen. <laughs> yep, even get get TJ a series sixteen. Yeah, right, Don't right. Don't leave nobody up. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. So I guess moving on to I think that's well, no, we got a couple other hardware, but uh, getting into I'm going to do go over some subscription stuff. So one of the things probably that I was most excited about out of this whole Apple event was the announcement of their Fitness Plus. You know, you've got this high-end Apple Watch that sh- most people are using it for fitness to work out, whether it be walking, you know, running, jogging, cycling, treadmill. Now Apple to compete against the likes of Peloton, I think even uh, Nordic Track, some of the other ones, the Mirror, some of these other mm-hmm. popular fitness workout um, services or products have this monthly subscription service. So Apple didn't want to be left out. They've come out with their Apple Fitness Plus uh, they're doing top workouts by top trainers. I don't think they're live like Peloton or some of the other ones. I didn't get the impression that these are going to be live workouts to where you can tune in to like a show and do your mm-hmm. workouts. But it is going to be, you know, um, top workouts by top trainers. Think of, Do you think of treadmill? You think of uh, HIT, which is high intensive. What is it? High interval training, high intensive interval training. I can never remember yep. what the second I is. <laughs> <laughs> you've got dance, uh, you got cycling, you got yoga, you've got all those different things, including I'll make sure I want to put this in here. Rowing. That's one of the things that I couldn't find in some of the earlier um, Apple Watch uh, exercise routines. But now they've added that in the Apple Fitness Plus. So the cool thing about this is it works in conjunction with your Apple Watch. It works in conjunction with your iPhone, works in conjunction with your Apple TV 
to where not only can you do the exercises or the routines on your Apple Watch or your iPhone, but it works in conjunction with your um, heart rate, with your uh, what's what are some of the things that it works in conjunction with? Like uh, if you if you need to step up the pace, like if you're working mm-hmm. out and you need to step it up and it recognizes that your heart rate is kind of low, it'll give you some sort of indications that you need to step up the game to where you can um, uh, kind of synchronize. Maximum heart yeah, rate, yeah, yeah. Based on like your height and weight and that like gives you the that allows you to burn the the highest amount of of calories if you're in that range so it kind of gives you indication if you're too high you need to kind of back it down a little bit or if you're too low you need to kind of step it up so yeah 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 so as you can see like on the screen here uh you know they've got if you're watching on your ipad they'll show you on the display what the time is what your current heart rate is and the amount of calories burned so you can kind of have that always visually while you're watching it on an iPad, an iPhone, or your Apple So you don't TV. have to look down at your watch. Exactly. Because a lot of us, if you're working out, you want to see what your heart rate is or how many calories you burn. You kind of look down. Now you can just look at the screen and your metrics are, are on the screen that, you know, you're watching with whoever you're doing, whatever particular exercise you're doing. So Exactly. One of the other cool things that it also does is synchronizes with Apple Music. You know, one of the issues that Peloton is having is, yeah, they've got these cool live workouts, but maybe some of the music that they're playing may be copyrighted, may have some issues with that. Well, since you've already got Apple Music, which is one of the best uh, streaming play- music players, you've got that integrated into their wear as well. You don't have to worry about any sort of music issues. You can play from your own playlists or some of the music that they're playing. Uh, let's see one of the other um, you can use any gym equipment right so if you do have a bike if you do have a treadmill if you do have a rowing machine uh, you don't have to use the associated uh, premium subscription services with those if you choose you can use you know uh, Apple T- uh, Apple Fitness Plus and synchronize it because all of the activity is connected to the movements in your watch not necessarily connected to the equipment um, and yeah, and that's like one of the biggest sellers, I selling points for Peloton is that you're on your bike and you have an instructor in your face kind of pushing you and, you know, kind of telling you what to do. But those Peloton bikes are really expensive, even though they're coming out with a mid-tier version. Now, just $9.99, turn on your TV, turn on your iPad or turn on your phone and you get kind of the same experience yep. without having to shell out all that money and you get more than just a bike. It just... You know, you can use your own equipment regardless of whatever the activity is that you're doing. Right. Or, you know, no equipment at all, because like you said, they've got dance, they've got yoga, Yoga. they've got, you know, the little the cool down exercises or you can just use dumbbells. So you don't necessarily Mm -hmm. need any equipment, you know, like like Nika mentioned, just nine ninety nine a month or seventy nine ninety nine a year. Or if you buy an Apple Watch, you get three months free for Apple Fitness Plus uh, free month, three month subscription. Now, this is not available right now. Uh, we've got to wait until uh, sometime this fall is when they mentioned it. But uh, once it's ready, like I said, if you bought an Apple Watch or if you have bundled it with the Apple One subscription service, uh, you'll get that when it's announced. So I'm going to go ahead and roll right into the Apple One subscription service. That is Apple's uh, bundled together services to where, according to them, you save some money by bundling these services versus just doing them individual. So you think of 
uh, iCloud storage. You think of Apple Music. You think of uh, Apple Arcade. You think of Apple News Plus. Buying those separately, you know, you'll start to add up the tab in a minute versus the Apple One services. They bundle all that together for you. So I'm just going to quickly go through uh, some of the tiers that you can I put on the screen, all the different subscription services in the different tiers. So I'll just go over the three tiers. Right. So actually, let me see if I can find. Here we go. All right. So for the individual uh, Apple One subscription service for fourteen ninety five a month, you get Apple Music, you get Apple TV plus you get Apple Arcade and you get 50 gigs of iCloud storage at fourteen ninety five a month. For the family tier for nineteen ninety five a month, you get all of that's included in the individual, but you get two hundred gigs of iCloud storage. And then for the Premiere, you get all of that included, but you get two terabytes of iCloud storage. You get Apple News Plus, which is their uh, magazine subscription service, on top of the free just regular Apple News. And you get to what we just talked about. You get the Apple Fitness Plus coming in late 2020. So for that $30 a month, you get all of the Apple subscription services. You get two terabytes of iCloud storage. You get the new Apple Fitness Plus and you get to share it with other five other people for a total of six, you and five other family members. So you can do the family sharing to where everybody gets access to the two terabytes. Everybody gets Fitness Plus, News Plus, all the different tiers. So that is like I said, that's something interesting for me specifically because I'm part of a five, six person family to where we all get access to, to all the different features, including, you know, Fitness Plus, which is a new thing that they announced. But I guess I wanted to ask you as an individual, you know, how does this um, work for you just being an individual and then still having to kind of piecemeal it together? Because I've noticed in the individual one, they don't get Apple Fitness Plus. But, you know, you do get some of the other ones. So I guess I want to ask you, um, what are you currently subscribed to? And is this something that's advantageous for you to look at? Apple One really isn't going to be that beneficial for me because the biggest thing of the services that they've come out with um, that I'm most interested in is the um, Fitness Plus. Okay. Um, I already have the extra cloud storage. Uh-huh. So that doesn't... Now, if you could customize it and say in the individual, I want Fitness Plus, the iCloud storage and, you know, music. if I could, you know, kind of swap out because I, I'm not going to really use the the arcade. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really too much care about TV Plus. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I could say, OK, of the what is it? One, two, three, four things that you have there listed. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll say three. I'll take out the, the, the storage because that seems to be, you know, uh, the staple of the packages. Right. So if I could choose the three services that I wanted, then that would be more advantageous for me and not to just go with the music, TV plus and arcade because oh. of those three things, um, I'm not really likely to, so, to use them. Right. So let's, so let's do the math, right? So let's say right now you have, uh, iCloud storage, and mm-hmm. I'm assuming, what do you know what tier you have right now? I don't know what tier I have. So I, I think $2 a month gets you 50 gigs of iCloud storage. Uh, for $2 or $3, you get 200 gigs, right? So you're looking at about, two. let's just say $2 for iCloud storage. 
you have Apple Music or do you use Spotify? I use Spotify. Okay. So Apple Music, I think it's 10 bucks a month. Let's just say if you were to, if you were into that, right? And then let's just say when Apple Fitness Plus. So let's just, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so then if you did Apple Fitness Plus, that's $10 a month. Uh, so you're already looking at uh, $12 a month for iCloud storage and just Fitness Plus. Mm-hmm. If you're looking at this individual one, you know, you, well, you still have to pay for Fitness Plus. So, yeah, <laughs> never mind. I'm I trying still to have do... to pay for Fitness Plus, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's really the kind of the anchor. Yeah. That would be the anchor for me right. for Apple One. Right. Especially, like I said, since I have Spotify Premium. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was already a Spotify user, mm-hmm. but I use, I have AT&T. Right. And so, you know, the the they Spotify Premium is included in my AT&T. Right. You know, thing. So it's not like I'm really paying anything extra for that. So, so yeah. So the the Apple One really isn't beneficial for me. Yeah. Now on for me, you know, I'll just do my math, right? So I have I already do the family sharing, which is fifteen dollars a month. That gives me um, Apple TV Plus. It gives me the two terabytes of iCloud storage, and it gives me um, um, I, I do and I do Apple Music. Apple Music iCloud storage and Apple TV plus. And that's what I'm at right now to where if I had to tack on Apple fitness plus, that's going to run me well over uh, the 29 95 a month. So it's like, I'll, I might as well just go to the premier version of $30 a month. That gives me the two terabytes. It gives me the Apple fitness plus, and it gives me news plus. We'll mm-hmm. see if I'm interested in that or not. Uh, I've been able to do so far without it. But if it's included, I might as well use it. Might as well you know, use it. Right. And that's going to save me than doing it all separately. Right. Mm-hmm. So for our family or if you've got multiple people, you know, these um, Apple One subscription tiers work well. It, they'll have to see how it works for an individual because you, like I said, you just, you know, we just did the math and said this is not mm-hmm. advantageous to you. I've seen other people on Twitter say, you know, why can't they put Apple Fitness Plus and with the individual one and then take out some of these other things, because like you mentioned, that's the new high thing. That's probably going to be the anchor for many people. You know, mm-hmm. they need to figure out how to loop that into some of these Apple one services. But again, we'll see. I'm pretty sure they'll get a lot of feedback. I'm pretty sure they may start to add some of those things back in as, you know, supply and demand. Yeah. And they may, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming whatever their market research is, that's how they came up with these three things to put into the individual. Mm-hmm. But I think once people start using it and they start getting the feedback, they may, you know, announce, you know, we'll, we're, we're being flexible. You can choose up to three services to go into your individual package. So, right, right. you know, I, you know, that could come And If it does, then I would definitely be on you know, on board for that. So, or as I can see one, the things that are covered across the board is the Apple arcade. So maybe this is Apple's ploy at saying, look at at all these people signed up for Apple arcade. So Mm -hmm. you developers, it behooves you to make better games because all of these people have already paid for the service. When in actuality, we're just doing that so we can get to the iCloud, we can get to the Apple Fitness, so we can get to the Apple Music. So, you know, that's the the thing for these bundles, which is no different than, you know, back in the day when you were trying to decide between cutting the cord on 
with your cable versus doing the internet streaming, the appeal to the internet streaming was, well, I can just only watch what I want to watch. Well, fast forward to today, that ain't really the case because when I got to pay for YouTube TV, I also got to get a bunch of other stuff. So these bundles, the reason why they do them is because they want to show that people are paying for things across the board when in actuality we may or may not be using it. But time will tell on this Apple One subscription service. So uh, definitely if you're interested in that, you know, let us know if that's something and if the fitness not being in the individual Apple One subscription is something that you are, you know, kind of upset about. Right. All right. So that is it for the uh, subscription services. They did announce a couple of more, uh, a couple of more. (laughs) (laughs) They announced some additional hardware, which is the new iPad Air. Let me go ahead and put that up on the screen for our people watching. Uh, They announced a new iPad Air and it looks in design and it looks in feature wise almost the same, if not better than the current iPad Pro. Mm -hmm. So let me go ahead and go through some of these uh, features for the iPad Air. Uh, It has a 10.9 inch display. The iPad Pro, the current version, has an 11 inch uh, screen for the smaller screen. Um, It's got new colors for the iPad Air. You can see, uh, I put it up on the screen, they've got a, uh, a sky blue, They've got a green color. They've got uh, rose gold. um, And uh, in addition to the silver and the space gray that we're used to, it's got the A14 Bionic chip, which is the most current chip you can get in a mobile device from Apple, which is actually better than the chip in the current iPad Pro. Uh, One of the cool things about the uh, Apple iPad Air is it has Touch ID which has come back to the home button. So let me see if I can go through and find that image that they highlight that. Give me a second here for all my people watching, for the people listening, just (laughs) pretend like I'm doing something. (laughs) (laughs) Let me go back and find that where they actually announced that. Well, but while I do that, they've actually added touch ID back to the home button on the iPad air. So I just wanted to highlight that to where they it's super thin. It's not like the home button to where it's round. You think of the traditional home button on an iPad and you'll be able to press or swipe your finger. I, I don't I don't remember them explaining how you do it. They just mentioned they did. that. It's, they, okay. just say, they just said that the 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 reader is just on that because, you know, when you think of the home button, you think of circular and you think of kind of like your fingertip. Right. It's more of a curved rectangle. Right. Um, and it's at the very top. If you think about the iPad Pro, how it's kind of like that rectangular and it's curved. Mm-hmm. It has that same kind of look and feel. And it's just on the the very top of of the um, of the of the iPad Air. And you just you know can put your finger on it and it and it reads your your print. Okay. So you don't have to swipe or anything, or you don't have to. Take your finger and roll it across the button. Mm-mm. You just well, based on what they were saying, it was just kind of like you just kind of tap. Okay, all right, all right. So Touch ID is back on the iPad. Uh, there's no Face ID on the iPad Air. There is Face ID on the iPad Pro, but there currently isn't Touch ID on the iPad Pro. So you'll have to decide which one you like better. Do you like Touch ID or do you like Face ID? I'll admit on my iPad Pro. Most of the time I'm holding it with two hands 
and my thumb is covering up touch ID. So I have to remember to remove my thumb so it can see my face. So yeah. I don't know, maybe the touch ID may be something advantageous for me, right? Which um, biometric do you prefer is what it'll boil down to, exactly. your face or your finger? Exactly. So uh, the iPad Air has Apple Pencil, the second generation Apple Pencil support. Uh, it also is compatible with the Magic Keyboard and the Smartfolio, the new, uh, I think it's like $300 um, device that comes that, that, that Apple recently come out with that's compatible with the iPad Pro. Now it's compatible with the iPad Air. Uh, it has USB-C charging like the iPad Pro. It has mm -hmm. a 12 megapixel rear camera and a seven megapixel, seven megapixel FaceTime camera like the iPad Pro. Uh, the only thing the iPad Air does not have is the LiDAR camera, which the second generation iPad Pro does have. Uh, the iPad Air has Wi-Fi 6 compatibility, which is, I think, even more current than what the current iPad Pro has. And it starts at $599, which compared to the um, iPad Pro, I think the iPad Pro starts at $799, right? So yeah. I guess the question is... That's a is, pretty big gap. <laughs> right, right. So I guess the question is, um, is the iPad Air better than the iPad Pro or is there still a market for an iPad Pro that has the Face ID, that has the LiDAR camera, that has the um, high refresh rate. I think it's 120 hertz refresh rate on the iPad Pro screen. Are those features enough for you to stick with the iPad Pro? Or if you're in the market for a mid to high end iPad, do you go with the iPad Air and just wait and see what happens with the iPad or just be happy with what you got and don't worry about if Apple does an upgrade to the iPad Pro. Well, I'm thinking based on, on what's available now, honestly, besides the camera, the iPad Air is, I mean, you're less 200, it's $200 cheaper starting. Right. And it's almost, I mean, it's a pretty close apples to, to apples type of, of deal. So, and I know that they just did a refresh of the iPad Pro at the beginning of the year. Mm -hmm. So it, it it's really strange to me. And we talked about it on um, the daily uh, tech news show that we were on mm -hmm. yesterday that I don't know what the really big incentive is based on the iPad Air of the iPad Pro other than, you know, you just have the option for the for, you know, 11 inch or a 12.9 inch screen, because I mean, they're, they're pretty comparable, honestly. Right. So, and the price point is, is significantly cheaper on the air. So, and it's thinner. So, right. So, so I guess some of the main, so let, let's see, if, may, let me make sure before I start putting stuff out there, let me make sure I read it. So I put on the screen for us, for those watching, like to compare to different models. So I've got the iPad pro, 12.9 inch, which I, I guess people will get the bigger one, but there is an 11 inch iPad Pro as well. Uh, or maybe not. Maybe, maybe they will cycle out the 11 inch iPad Pro and only offer the 12.9. 12 and then if you want a smaller one, you got to go down to the iPad Air. Maybe, maybe that that's it. Maybe, maybe they'll do that, right? Because I have the 11 inch iPad Pro 
Maybe if I want to continue getting that, I may have to drop down to the iPad Air. So all that to that say. May be, that may be what they're doing. Maybe right. when they announce the next um, iPad Pro, they'll completely phase out the 11-inch mm-hmm. and you'll have to go with the Air if you want the smaller screen. Right, right, right. So, but, so all that to say, uh, this compare screen on Apple's website compares the 12.9-inch iPad Pro, the iPad Air that we just talked about, and the updated iPad regular, I call it the iPad regular, which is the eighth generation iPad. Um, but specifically between the iPad Air and the iPad Pro uh, 12.9 inch, of course, the screen is bigger. Um, you get up to one terabyte of storage on the iPad Pro. You only get up to 256 gigs of storage on the iPad Air. You get a 12.12 megapixel and a 10 megapixel ultra wide camera and the lidar with the um, iPad Pro when you only get one 12 megapixel ca- uh, wide 12 megapixel wide camera for the iPad Air you get both get USB-C um, both have Wi-Fi of course with the uh, capacity for the iPad 12.9 iPad Pro to give a terabyte um, other than that both of them are um, uh, liquid retina display again I mentioned the uh, iPad Pro has that high refresh rate that's going to give you uh, faster seamless uh, switches when you're swiping between screens when there's some high end action on the video that you're watching that's going to come through a, a little bit clearer the iPad Air does have the A14 chip versus the iPad Pro has the, 12, the A12 chip um, I guess neg- neg- negligible differentiation. I mean, I'm not a geek like that. I don't do any sort of geek bench uh, testing or anything like that. So I'll just assume that the A14 is better. (laughs) And both of them have iPad pencil. Uh, Both of them have the magic keyboard and the smart folio and all that good stuff. So I guess the question is, again, that'll be the question we have to ask. Uh, Which one do you get? Do you go get the iPad Air, which is $200 less that has some smaller differentiations? Or do you get the 12.9 inch iPad Pro with that big boy screen. <laughs> I think it honestly is just going to boil down to what you're going to use it for. Right. It's probably going to big, be the biggest key differentiator based on the versions that we have now. You right. know, we don't know what's coming down the line for iPad Pro, but based on let's say the three, the iPad Pro, the big screen, AirPod, the iPad Air, and the iPad 8 generation, just based on those between, you know, there's some, of course, there's some differences, but um, there are some some subtle differences um, right. between the the Air and the and the Pro. So I think it just really depends on what you're going to use it for. Is I think what is going to be people's really determining factor if money is not, you know, a concern. Right. Okay. Uh, if you know money price is you know one of the things that you're thinking about, then you may be that you may lean more towards the iPad Air because it does start $200 less than the iPad Pro. So, I, yeah, I think. But they're, I mean, looking, knowing that I, I already have an iPad Pro, so I know how great a device it is, and just seeing what they presented for the iPad Air, they're both really great devices. So either way, you can't go wrong, honestly. So All right. it just depends on what you're going to use it for. All right. All right, and then the last thing that Apple announced was a refresh slash upgrade to the eighth generation iPad regular. Um, basically, it, it, it's got the same look, the same design, uh, has the A12 Bionic chip, which is support for the first generation iPad pencil and a smart keyboard that you're used to. 
Um, let's see. It has, you know, um, just the basic uh, look as the regular iPad. Um, it does have the functionality of iOS 14, which we'll get into a little bit later, that with the first generation Apple Pencil, you can do the scribble in the search box and it'll actually convert the scribble to text, uh, which comes in with the iPad, uh, has a lightning cable, uh, does not have USB-C on the regular iPad. And um, that's pretty much it with a price of three twenty nine. So they've kind of lowered the price for the regular uh, generation, the eighth generation iPad regular, but it does have the functionality, like I mentioned, to um, uh, with Apple Arcade and the ability to connect to a PlayStation or Xbox controller if you use your iPad for gaming. So uh, that's pretty much it for the um, iPad. Like I said, they refreshed. It adds a couple new features. Uh, dropped the price down to three twenty nine. I think it's two ninety nine for the education version. So uh, that's pretty much it for all of the lineup that everything that Apple announced at the Apple event. Uh, one of the things that they did mention was, oh, yeah, by the way, iOS 14 uh, will be available tomorrow and is starting to roll in today. Um, I was actually in the um, iOS 14 uh, public beta, so I got my iOS 14 regular updates today. So I was able to get it updated on my phone and uh, my watch. So today Apple rolled out iOS 14. They rolled out iPad OS 14. They rolled out watch OS seven and they rolled out TV OS 14. So I kind of want to just do a real quick, super, super fast rundown of all of the uh, features, the main features for those different OSs. So um, for those who are watching, I'm going off of the CNN uh, business story that kind of looped together all of the main features for iOS 14, right? So one of the main things you'll notice are the widgets. So you can add those uh, widgets onto your home screen that'll give you more information versus just using the regular app icon. You can add things like the calendar to your home screen. You can add images, photos to your home screen. You can add the weather. You can add stocks. You can add all of those Apple centric widgets to your to your home screen. That gives you more information at a glance. Uh, I'll be interested to see uh, what Apple offers third party developers for widgets. You know, maybe like we mentioned earlier, like Spotify, you know, some of the, you know, uh, password generation generators, maybe third party uh, mail and uh, calendar events uh, calendar apps will be added as widgets right now. They're just a general Apple centric widgets, but I'm pretty sure more to come. Right. So in yeah. addition to that, you get um, I'll just go through the list via the website. Uh, you get mini apps. I think this is what they call the app clips to where if you don't have an app installed on your phone and you're going to do some sort of function, like, for instance, if you wanted to rent a scooter like those electric scooters and you don't have that particular scooter apps, scooter app on your phone, you can bring your phone close to the device and it'll pop up this app clip that'll give you the ability to utilize that app without actually having it installed on your device. So that's one of the main things for iOS 14. Uh, one of the things that upgraded was messages to where you can actually pin your favorite messages to the top of your iPhone or iPad to where you'll have quick access to those. You can do uh, inline messages. So where if you're a part of a group chat 
and you need to respond to just one person, you can actually reply to them directly or you can use the Twitter lingo. You can at people in a specific message. So if you just say, hey, I'm going to the store, um, Alondra, do you want something? You can at her name and it'll actually highlight her to where it'll ping her to where she needs to pay attention to the message because you spoke out to that person directly. Um, let's see. You can ha- has a digital car keys in iOS 14. Now, right now, the only the the only vehicle to where you can use your phone as a actual car key is the 2020 BMW uh, X uh, 5 series. So if you got a if you you if you're on order for a 2021 BMW 5 series, you will be able to use your uh, I, yeah, yeah you'll be able to use your iPhone as your car keys. Uh, one of the cool features, uh, AirPods. This is one of the things that I actually tried out today. Was there's an AirPods update to where it allows you to use spatial audio. So instead of just being stereo sound in the AirPods, you can actually do spatial audio to where you'll get the appearance of having sound in the front and the back coming above you and actually below you. So they've got a pretty cool animation to where the way you normally, you know, uh, connect your AirPods, uh, you'll actually see a little logo under the AirPods in the control center that gives you the ability to um, turn on spatial audio. So it's pretty cool. It's actually does add an extra, those extra dimensions you can actually tell in the uh, AirPods. So of course you have to have the AirPods to do that. But if you do, uh, iOS 14 gives you that. Uh, one of the cool things you can do picture in picture on a video. So if you're watching like Apple TV plus and you want to minimize that uh, screen so you can look up a, you know, a contact or you can send a quick message. You can actually minimize the video screen and move it around to different parts of your iPhone or your iPad to where you can actually do those additional functions. Um, let's see incoming calls and Siri. Don't take up your whole screen. So like if somebody's calling you while you're in the middle of sending a text message or looking something up, the whole call doesn't take the entire screen. It just takes up a smaller block at the top of the screen. Same thing with Siri. When you invoke Siri, she doesn't take up the whole screen. She just shows up as a, a tiny blob. I call it a blob. <laughs> yeah, at the a little, just like you see like the the voice inflections type of, what is it, like the spectrum kind of Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was trying to find it on it. Yeah, I couldn't find it. But it doesn't take up the whole screen. And then when you actually do a search, she doesn't show the whole response or the search result in the whole screen. It just takes up the same small block as you would an incoming call. So those are the features that I kind of looked at the most on iOS 14. Uh, Some of the other things that are included in uh, iOS 14 is the app library. So what it does is it puts all of your apps uh, in libraries according to the different categories for those different apps. And you can kind of move them in and out to your, you know, to your liking. Uh, Some of the other features are a bunch of privacy features. So the ability for the phone to let you know if you're going to a website that's been breached or you have a password on a website that's recently been breached. Um, little amber or green indicators will pop up on your iPhone or iPad to let you know that you or a third party app is currently using the camera or using your uh, microphone to record you. So it kind of gives you those visual indicators to let you know, hey, I'm being recorded or I'm being, you know, um, uh, I'm being recorded via audio or video. 
Uh, one of the other features, uh, security features, is approximate location. Like some of the apps, some of the services require your location. So instead of giving it your exact location, it'll just give you an approximate. Well, not you specifically. It'll give the other service or the third-party app your approximate location so it can't pinpoint you directly. So those are just some of the features. There's like a whole host of uh, privacy features specifically in iOS 14, but I just wanted to highlight some of those as the the highlights. So were you able to get iOS 14 yet? Um, I, I saw it was available today, but it didn't come out at midnight. So it's kind of stagger, staggered throughout the day. Yeah. So when I saw that, I, I was I saw you know tweets that it was available, and I went and checked, and it wasn't available to me this morning. Um, and so I I wasn't able to install it. But before you know we recorded the show, I saw it it pop up, and I have my device is set to automatically install. Mm-hmm. So I'll just let it you know do its thing tonight. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So probably the first thing people will do the most is play with the widgets. They'll play with the mm-hmm. app library. They'll play with the messages. They'll poke around with the video. The video comes in handy, um, you know, but it sometimes does it automatically, not does it automatically, but sometimes when I just want to, like, for instance, in YouTube, for example, it'll play full screen, but maybe I just want it in a smaller screen, but I don't want it in the picture in picture. It mm-hmm. kind of can't decide which one it wants to do. Does it want to minimize it to the regular screen or does it want to do that picture in picture? So you kind of got to mess around with that. So, but people will kind of mess around with that feature the most. And I think that will come in handy. You know, we'll talk about verses later, mm-hmm. but I, you know, a lot of people, namely me, I like to watch the verses, but I also like to be on Twitter and, you know, tweet while I'm watching it. So, you know, that'll kind of give you a little more flexibility so you can still see the actual verses and not have to have multiple devices running to be able to watch the verses and, you know, interact on social media, which is, you know, that's what you're supposed to do, right? (laughs) So, yeah, that'll (laughs) definitely come in handy if you're watching verses like on Apple Music. I don't know if it'll work on Instagram, but if you're watching verses on Apple Music, you can definitely use that picture in picture to actually tweet or be on Facebook or be on Instagram while you're actually watching the verses. So, yeah, definitely come in handy for that. Um, Moving on to iPad OS 14. The only things that I wanted to identify with iPad OS 14 was to scribble the text in search. So if you have an Apple Pencil, um, you can actually scribble with the Apple Pencil in the search bar. Like if you're searching through notes or if you're searching through Safari and, you know, you want to scribble in the search bar, it'll actually convert the scribble to text. And then you can use that to actually do your searches. And then the other thing in iPad OS 14 is a shape recognition. So if you're on a note and you're actually drawing some designs, it'll recognize a square, a triangle, a circle, so on and so forth, and actually convert those to actually a digital shape versus your <laughs> janky head right, handwriting, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. So that was th- those are like the only kind of two that kind of jumped out at me for iPad OS uh, 14. It'll be interesting to see how other apps use the extra screen real estate for like menus, you know, because a lot of it, you know, a lot of the apps, they're starting to put fly out menus. So we'll see how that works in iPad OS 14. But uh, going to watch OS 7, some of the major features for watch OS 7 is uh, sleep tracking natively. You don't have to have a third party app for that. Uh, the hand washing feature, which come, I use it every day, all day. It's almost like it it you can't not do it right when it when you start washing your hands 
your watch goes off and says, hey, I recognize you washing your hands and it does a little countdown. And it's almost like you can't not. You can't stop before. The you, you can't stop for before the countdown because you feel dirty. <laughs> so I actually find myself washing my hands longer until I hear the indication that it's done. And then I rinse off and go on about my business. Another cool thing about the hand washing feature is you can set it to where you allow it to where if you're out and about and you come home, it can recognize you're at home and say, hey, I've noticed that you come in the house. You may want to wash your hands now. And then I find myself stopping what I'm doing, going in the kitchen or going in the bathroom and actually washing my hands. So that feature comes in handy. Right. Um, in addition to that, uh, just new watch faces. I kind of mentioned them before. And uh, when I talked about Apple Watch earlier to where you've got the emoji face watches, you've got uh, extra chronographic, you got uh, tachometer uh, face um, watch faces. And then in addition to that, you've got the family set up for watch OS seven. So if you've got a young kid who has a watch, they don't have a phone, you got to use watch OS seven. And then you can actually set that up on your device and kind of track your kids activities, so on and so forth with the uh, watch OS seven and family setup. So um, other than that, uh, just keep on going real fast. Uh, TV OS 14 was also announced. Uh, some of the main features that is uh, 4K. Uh, YouTube. So if you're using the YouTube app and you do have a 4K television and you've got the 4K Apple TV, you've got all those combined. If there's a 4K YouTube uh, video that actually comes in via Apple TV, uh, picture in picture on Apple TV as well. So if you're watching YouTube, if you're watching Apple TV or any other streaming service, you can actually move that to picture in picture to where you can do other things with the Apple TV, like for instance, uh, HomeKit integration. So if you're watching a YouTube or a streaming service video, somebody knocks on the door or the HomeKit cameras detect motion, you can actually now pull that up on Apple TV and then use picture in picture while you're checking to see who's at the front door, while you're turning on and off lights, while you're checking sensors, so on and so forth. So that is pretty much the rundown for all the things that Apple announced with iOS 14. Uh, like I mentioned, um, they I saw on the internet people were uh, either they were complaining, <laughs> like people do when they're like waiting on, do. like when, like people do when they're waiting on Apple devices, or if there was a legit issue as to why iOS 14 couldn't come out like the stroke of midnight on you know uh, this morning versus I think people were waiting on up until like two or three o'clock Eastern. And I saw some places where they actually officially said iOS 14 will be available like two o'clock Eastern time. So I'm curious if that was actual, you know, like you mentioned earlier, people thought iOS 14 was supposed to come out Friday, this coming Friday, but actually came out today. So I'm wondering if you just can't make people happy. You get it two days early. <laughs> it's still too late. Why didn't it come out at midnight? You got a whole 48 hours early, 72 hours early. Right. But I think at the time of us recording this, which is actually on a Wednesday. So if you're listening to us, you're probably listening to us Friday. But at the time we were recording it, there were some people who still couldn't get iOS 14. So I'm curious to know if that was by design or because they had some hiccups and they had to push the date back. Right. All right. So I think that is it for all things Apple, which <laughs> took up. All the time. <laughs> I think we're well into an hour for, of this show and we just did uh, the lowdown where we talk all things Apple. But we do have a couple of things for second string where we talk all things tech in general. So we actually 
the PS5 actually announce their launch date and their prices. Um, if we go to The Verge, there's a story on The Verge where they talk about some of the details. But basically, uh, November 12th is the date for PS5 and the price is actually $499, which I think is on par with the Xbox. Um, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so the, I'll just read this actual story from The Verge. The pricing puts Sony squarely up against Microsoft's next-gen consoles with the company set to release the entry-level Xbox Series S at $299 and then the higher-end Series X for $499. So um, uh, PlayStation comes right right on par with the high-end version of the Series X for $499. And then they'll do the same thing with a uh, digital version, version. With, at $399, which is $100 more than uh, Microsoft's digital okay. version, right? But so it'll be interesting to see the difference because I've heard that the Series S Microsoft um, Xbox mm -hmm. is going to have some compatibility issues with some of the games. Oh. So we'll see if that's the case with the PlayStation 5. It sounds like it won't. It sounds like the only difference between the PlayStation 5 for $399 and the one at $499 is a digital uh you know, um, it'd be digital only versus the high end one. You'll be able to put the Blu-ray discs in, uh, but we'll see if they have the, some of the same game compatibility issues that developers are reporting that are going to be the issues with the Xbox series S versus the series X. But all that to say, November 12th is the date. I think iPhone, uh, the Apple announcement and Xbox finally forced the PlayStation's hands to where they actually had to announce a date and a price. So. Right. And it looks like the pre-orders um, start tomorrow at selected retailers for the PlayStation 5. Oh, okay. So, okay. Yeah. So I think it'll it'll launch. I think it'll be available in November, November 12th. But um, in the article from The Verge, which we'll include in the show notes, um, it, 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 lit, it has a link to the select retailers that will start the pre-orders. Um, for September 17th. And I think we mentioned this last week where um, we were expecting a PlayStation announcement because the girls are watching y'all's pockets because they are <laughs> staking their claim on your pockets because it's so much coming out around holiday time. Right. You got the, you know, the, the gaming consoles, you got phones, you got tablets, you got probably laptops and Apple watches, so everybody wants to stake their claim on your on your money, on your coins, so that they can say, you know what, let me go ahead and put my my things out there so I can corner, you know, my market of people so they won't give too much to Apple or Microsoft, then you save a little room for me. So right. and I think, and you know Yeah, I'm saying then you add that all in with the coronavirus and China and mm -hmm. you know, uh slow slow demand and things mm -hmm. not shipping as fast, you know, that's one of the limited, reasons. Keep, limited, limited supply. Right, which so. is which is why the iPhone couldn't be announced earlier this week. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, add all that up. You know, they're like I said, they're trying to get in the front of your minds as well. So Apple, uh, uh, PlayStation had Sony had to announce something. So that's what you got. So, uh, yeah, definitely. We put the uh, link in the show notes. But, yep, uh, the pre-orders will start on the 17th, which um, is on if you're listening to this. On Friday, they pre-ordered started yesterday on the seventeenth. We're a day late on the seventeenth, September seventeenth. Yep. yep, yep. So uh, if you're 
if that was one of the things on your list, you may, you might you might want to go ahead and plunk down because uh you know, we were on the DTNS show and they also mentioned that um Sony was having some issues with their own supply and demand to where they've had to adjust their uh the amounts of different devices that are going to be launched. So all that to say, you know, if you were hell bent on getting a PlayStation 5, you may want to put down your pre-orders as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Let's see what else we got. <clears throat> so you also said the uh, PlayStation Plus collection will let you launch, will let you play a bunch of PlayStation 4 classics on a PS5 at launch. So this is kind of similar to, um, I think Microsoft has a Xbox I forget their service that, that they called it to where you can play everything online. This kind of sounds like the same to where you'll get 15 games with Sony's own third party titles included. Yeah, I just included it because I know similar to what you just mentioned um, about um, some compatibility issues with mm-hmm. the lower tier version of Xbox. Um, I think PlayStation may have kind of tried to get ahead on some of, mm-hmm. of of possible compatibility issues they see. We have these games that are from PS4 that you can still play. So, right. so yeah, so, I just thought that was interesting to, to include. Yeah, yeah. So I put the list on the website, but for those who are listening, uh, I'll go ahead and list some of them. God of War, uh, Last of Us, Uncharted, Battlefield, Final Fantasy. Um, you've got uh, Resident Evil. You've got Mortal Kombat. You've got Batman Arkham Knight. Um, you got Ratchet and Clank. They've been around forever. Uh, so yeah, those are some of the um, some of the fifteen of the uh, titles that have been remastered, revamped, and will be available on the uh, PlayStation Plus collection uh, that'll be available at PS Five launch. So it'll be interesting to see if that is like you mentioned in response to some sort of compatibility issues. Uh, does that mean only these games for my PS4? I'll be able to play on my PS5. You know, how backward compatible is the PS5 if they've had to do this PlayStation Plus collection with only these, you know, 12 or 15 uh, titles? So it'll be interesting to see if that's the case, you know, because again, everybody, all these tech brands, Microsoft, Sony, you know, are trying to push us forward. But they don't want to forget about the people who haven't kind of moved forward. So they're trying to figure out how to that sweet spot between forcing everybody into the new age, but making sure they don't forget about people in the past as well. Yeah. All right. So I think that is it for for the culture. I'm, I'm sorry for second string. Now we're going to move into for the culture where we talk anything social media, anything uh, that we care about. That's, you know, either social or specific to the African-American culture. Uh, speaking of which, uh, Patty LaBelle and Gladys Knight did a versus. Uh, I don't think people saw this coming, but I definitely thought people were equally enjoyed. So I'll let uh, Nika do the recap of uh, the the aunties <laughs> versus. So it was called all kinds of things. Auntie Con, <laughs> okay. Auntie Chella, okay. you know, the battle of the aunties. I mean, it was it was it was really fun. Um and as you can imagine, <laughs> when it when it first started, you know, they had like their little setup and they didn't they were on camera, you know, the live had started and they were just, you know, talking or whatever. They didn't realize that it was actually on. They're like, You're on. They're like, wait, wait, it started. 
and they didn't realize that as soon as you walked into the frame, you were on. So <laughs> and they did, you know, the first, what, maybe 20 or so minutes, it was just them catching up like, you know, black aunties do. Just, you know, shoot the breeze, catching up. And the thing is, because people are like, so when's the music going to start? And it was like, so who's going to interrupt these two black uh, aunties right. and try and move them along? We're going to sit here and get this catch up because <laughs> you don't interrupt the aunties while they're talking. So it was it was really um, a good time. Um, they had on their full auntie regalia, uh, Gladys Knight in her full-on sequin outfit, Um Miss Patty in her suit. They are both rocking, you know, the stilettos. They look great. They look fabulous. They were, I think, Gladys Knight is 77 and um, Patty LaBelle is 76. You mm-hmm. know, they looked great. They had their little setups. And and and, and, and Patty uh, alluded to the fact that, you know, the setup that she had, she had like her Louis luggage kind mm-hmm. of stacked. She had all of her different, you know, heels. And she was like, this is what would... On my, what we haven't been able to perform, so I haven't had to have my, I haven't had my stage. So right. she kind of brought a little mini portion of what her stage setup is. Okay. And um, she had, it was so funny. Like in the middle of the battle, she had like this gold mirror, like a vanity mirror, you know, on like the table in between them. And she would pick up her mirror, she check her face if everything looked good. She put a mirror down, then she check it again if her lipstick was a little smudged. She take out her lipstick, and you know repaint her lips she was re you know spraying her fragrance if she kind of ran out i mean full-on auntie mode and it was just really you know a true testament to to friendship i didn't realize they had known each other and kind of like you you know they kind of came up together in the industry right but i mean it's one thing to kind of come up with someone in the industry and then actually be friends but their kids knew each other they you know were with each other. I think um, Patty LaBelle had quite a few family members pass and Gladys Knight was there with her. So it was really just, um, it, 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 I think we've gone, you know, away from the quote unquote battle aspect of Versus and it's more of the appreciation of, of each other's music. And that's really what it was. And, right. you know, they just went through their songs and, you know, and had a, and had a good time. It was very reminiscent. You know, if you grew up, grew up in a black household, a lot of those songs you're used to getting up, you know, Saturday morning, you know, cleaning up to, you know, those songs. So right. it was just really, it was a really a good time. And what they did that I hadn't seen on any other battle, Gladys Knight sang all of her songs live. Oh, so okay. Instead of them just playing the track, her tracks were just the the instrumentals. Okay. And she sang. Oh, okay. All right. All of her, she sang. Uh, uh, Patty LaBelle sang as well. She had like. Her audio was on some of her songs, mm-hmm. uh, well, on her songs, but she was, the mics were on, right. the mics were hot. Right. And for them to be sitting down and for them to still sound like the record is really just a true testament to the talent that these ladies have right. and well, to uh, how well they maintained it, you know, being in their mid to late 70s. Right. So. Well, I heard uh, Patti LaBelle had some of her traditional, iconic uh, issues with her oh, yeah. teleprompter slash background singers. <laughs> yes, because like she was like, um, because she was like, you know, we old. She's like, these songs are old, so it looks. It, it seemed like the setup that they had was like they probably had monitors in front of both of them mm-hmm. and it was scrolling the words. Mm-hmm. I don't know who did Miss Patty's setup, but they didn't have Mama's words right. Oh and no! She was talking about, and she was like, "Where are my words at?" 
And so on multiple different songs, she was asking where her where her where her lyrics were. Uh-huh. And you know, Miss Patty is from Philly, right? So you know, she's not one to mess with. And I think her history also shows that uh, Miss Patty will allegedly cut you if you don't have. Oh boy! You know, <laughs> you're, you're, I mean, you think you're talking, you know, these older black ladies who mm-hmm. you know grew up in a time that were extremely sexist and racist. So they don't take a lot of junk. So, um, so yeah. And so at one point, I think she just was so upset that they didn't have her words that she was like, she was like, All right. she put her mic down. She was like, I'm not singing these songs because y'all don't have my words right. Oh so boy. <laughs> and so, you know, she kind of came in and out. Um, so I don't know if uh, Miss Gladys had a different setup um, or if she just remembered all the words or whatever, right, but, right. um, but yeah, so um, it that was the biggest, the key difference um, to some of the other battles is that they sang, particularly um, Gladys Knight sang all the songs live. Okay. Uh, so, so let me ask: Do you think like each different verses, not necessarily the production, but the actual singers or the participants? Do you get the impression that they're trying to top the last verses, or this is just? how they roll or this is what they just decided to do. Um, I think, I think it's just how they roll, particularly okay. for, for this last one, because they're from a different era than, right. you know, the previous, um, you know, ones where, um, where they sing and they were like, honey, we sing. Right. And that's what they said. So I just think it's just a cultural, um, not a cultural, but um, a age type of industry type thing where, they haven't performed, um, you know, in eight months. Mm-hmm. And I think um, Gladys Knight has um, a review in Las Vegas. So they're used to performing multiple shows, you know, daily. Right. So and they haven't been able to. So I I just think it's, that's just the way they are. Um, they didn't have the luxury of some of the technology that the newer artists had. Right. They had to, if if audio went out, if sound went out, they still had to be on stage and perform, mm-hmm. regardless of if any of the other spectacle things were going on behind them. They needed to be able to stand on stage and sing. And, you know, they were di- doing their little jigs, doing their little dance, Miss... Um, Gladys stood up a couple times and did a little quick step. Did, Patty stood up a couple times. Did she do a her bird? Did she do the little bird flying she thing? Her, she kicked <laughs> off a shoe. <laughs> then when she kicked off one shoe, because she apparently there's this one part in her act and one particular song where she kicks her shoes off, okay. off, and she sang that song, and so she kicked one shoe off, then she kicked the other shoe off. Well, the other shoe came flying back and hit her in the knee, and uh, it hurt. Oh boy! <laughs> so she looked like oh. But she kicked me in the knee, so she had to kind of, kind of walk so, it off a little bit. So, so that's funny and that's interesting, right? So, actually, kind of uh, different than my what I would enjoy or where, where I would like to see verses evolve. I would actually like to see less performance and more of the story or the history behind the songs. Um, you know, you, you, it started off with the verses, kind of like them telling the the build up to the song, like you know, Ti, I'm not Ti, but uh, T Pain and um, who did he do it against? T Pain against uh, Lil John. That's who it was. 
they kind of told the story behind their songs, and then you really did it, seen it with um, Babyface and um, Teddy. Was it Teddy Riley? Baby, yeah. They actually, you know, Babyface kind of told the story as to how some of the songs became who. I'd be much interested, especially like a Patti LaBelle and a Gladys Knight, to where they have so much history amongst themselves, and they've had so much history in the game. Period. To where I would love to hear more of the more of a anthology between, you know, how this song became to be, you know, you kind of, from what I, you know, got in the replays, you know, you could, you could, they did some of it, they did they some did of, it, right. of it, but they didn't go into probably as much detail as, right, right. as you were, you would, you would, you know, want it to be, but they did, you know, talk about, you know, I did this song with this person, this person wrote it, that person wrote it, you know, we were doing this when this came up and, you know, so they did do some of it. But, um, you know, they didn't uh, they didn't go into the detail, you know, that some of what Babyface did, because I think Babyface did a really good job right. of going into some of the history of of how, you know, they came about. Right. So I don't know. Maybe they'll branch off and do a versus because I would love for like Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis to like do something like that right. because they produced because they didn't they don't perform they strictly write and produce right. so just to get some of the history and how you know different things come together because there's already a clip I think I saw on Twitter where um, Jimmy Jam breaks down um, Janet Jackson's I Get Lonely right. and she's singing the song and he's kind of breaking down her voice mm-hmm. in the song and how you know you pull these elements in and pull that element in to get this finished product so yeah. I would you know even if you know they didn't do it necessarily on the versus lane of it of the performance aspect if they kind of you know spun off a branch and kind of did a behind the music kind of deal versus that would be cool too yeah but i i want them to be um in a in a relaxed setting together right Mm -hmm. so you know for instance like gladys knight and you know patty labelle you know they have history together so it's probably easier for them like you mentioned Mm -hmm. them catching up you know and us Mm -hmm. kind of being you know fly on the wall of them catching Mm -hmm. up it would be interesting to see their stories behind how stories some of these uh, songs got made specifically reason why i say that is because one of my favorite podcast to listen to is drink champs and that is with um nori from you know component noriega from the Mm -hmm. you know the late 90s early 2000s Mm -hmm. rap group and he brings on all of these guests you know titans in hip-hop r&b and what's so interesting is them telling some of these stories behind some of these songs like some of these songs that we you know some of the more popular hip hop songs in the late nineties and two thousands, he brings in all these guests and all they do is sit around and drink, which is the name of the title, you mm-hmm. know, but the reason behind the title of the, the podcast, but all they do is like tell stories. And some of the stories are amazing because we were around listening to those songs, but now you get the backstory <laughs> and it kind of does the nostalgia and it gives you that insider of, how they came in the, you know, the DJ and the booth and who didn't like who and how this, you know, person didn't like us, but they did the song. And I did this song in response to this, you know, and you mm-hmm. kind of see that, you know, in some of these verses to where I can kind of see it'd be dope to kind of get that more of an insight into the song. And then you play the song. If you want to mm-hmm. perform it, that's cool. But I want to hear the story and then kind of play it. the song. So now I can I can, you know, uh, connect the dots. And especially, you know, thinking of Patty and and Gladys Knight, 
you know, back in the 60s, you know, just, you know, everything that it took for them to even, you know, be artists, like what was, you know, some rationale, you know, behind, you know, songs that got played or songs they wanted to put on, right, but didn't. couldn't because right. of specific cultural or social or, you know, civil rights or just industry things, issues, or just access. right? Yeah. You're just industry so, issues, right? Because yeah. a lot of us, oh, I can sing. Let me be an actress. Or, I mean, a singer rather, but there's more industry issues, you know, and I think it'd be in, right. And, it, and it'd be interesting to get that kind of insight, you know, from outside looking in. So wow. it'd be nice to see them evolve that way. All right. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and, you know, I don't really want to talk about this next one because it's like, yeah, we, I kind of knew yeah. that was happening. You can, yeah, you can see it because it's, yeah. honestly, on Twitter, it's just the worst. And a lot of people are putting blame on her when he is really the person that was for the streets. Yeah. So, so. yeah, for, for those who, you know, haven't figured it out, uh, Cardi B has filed for divorce from her husband slash baby daddy slash hip hop guy offset from the Migos. And I mean, if you didn't see that coming, you know, I mean, it was a lot going on. Right. So, again, like uh, Nico was saying, it's like, you know, divorce, especially in public. I can imagine getting divorced, you know, just me getting divorced, you know, my little bit of circle of people knowing you add Mm -hmm. superstar on top of that. And then you add all the other drama that went along with their relationship. It's Mm -hmm. probably a big mess coming. And then the yeah. internet is not helping, <laughs> to say no, the least. It's not. It's yeah. it's horrible. Yeah. And I just really. Yeah. So sometimes men can really not be nice. Yeah. Yeah. Especially. And I'll just leave it there. Yeah, and especially people not even involved. But all right, so yeah. we'll we'll keep it moving. So that's it for the culture for this week. Uh, we'll move into the hookup. Uh, one of the things that I didn't mention with the iOS 14 announcement that I thought was pretty interesting was the fact that you can actually set up specific functions if you do it this way yeah, tap the back of your iPhone so you actually if you go into settings go into accessibility and then go into touch and then go into back tap you can actually do a double tap or a triple tap to actually do certain functions like open the camera like do the shake to undo like I do this a lot if I you know uh, type something and actually delete it I normally just shake my phone, which I'm, I make sure to grip it so I don't throw it on the floor, <laughs> right? But I can actually set up a back tap to tap it two times, and it'll actually do an undo so I can get that writing back. You can do it all types of things like to open up, the, like I mentioned, open up the camera, you know, like start some shortcuts. So if you use the iOS shortcuts, you can actually do a double tap. So I thought this was cool, right? So there is a popular shortcut that's going around to where if you're pulled over, you can actually do a shortcut to say, hey, I'm getting pulled over and it'll start all these functions, start the video. It'll uh, track your location. It can send a message to whomever you want to let them know, hey, I'm being pulled over by the police, all these different functions. Well, I can actually set up a back tap to where a double or triple tap to where if I'm getting pulled over, it then fire off that shortcut. So definitely take a look at that. That's one of the cooler features. I haven't tried out yet. I want to sit there and actually think of a function that I do all the time to where I actually can do that double tap or triple tap to where to do that function faster. So definitely take a look at that. That is my hookup for this week. Uh, if Nika, if you don't have anything else for the hookup, I think no. that's going to do it for this week's show. Uh, definitely you can download, rate, and review us. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Google Podcasts. 
We're on Spotify. Um, if you want to ga- engage with us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, you can find us at SnobOSCast. Uh, you can watch us on YouTube. Uh, we put this show up when the actual podcast airs on YouTube. You can look us up at SnobOSCast. Make sure you do all the YouTube things. Like the cha- like the video. Subscribe to the channel. Do the notifications. Do all that good stuff. Um, if you want to leave comments and suggestions, you can do so on the website. On the website, we're at snoboscast.com, or you can shoot us an email, snoboscast at gmail.com. Finally, you can support the show if you love what you're doing, if you like to watch it, if you want to watch it live, if you want to help us out with selecting videos or selecting uh, topics, if you want to help us select titles, definitely you can become a Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com forward slash snoboscast. $5 a month, give you access to the pre-show, give you access to the live show, give you access to our Discord chat. Uh, other than that, I think that is it this week. We will see you. Yep, yep. See you next week. Peace. Bye.